Welcome back in, Brady Farkas Show, on a Thursday right here on WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEVradio.com. We are your home for Patriots football, and we're still months away from Patriots football, but I am so excited about Patriots football based on last night's schedule release. Joining me now to break it down a little more in-depth is Mark Schofield. He's a Patriots expert. He's a football expert over at Touchdown Wire. Mark, how are you? I'm doing well, Brady. Uh, great to be with you. Uh, it's been a while since we've talked, so it's good to be back with you. Um, yeah, schedule release. NFL so good at self-promotion and marketing. The, the, the draft, the schedule release, they, they keep the NFL in the national conversation, and it gives us something to talk about when football, like you said, is weeks or months away. So Patriots schedule, your macro view on it is what? I think it's a rather... I don't want to say easy schedule, but it's a team-friendly schedule. You know, oh. you, you look at this schedule sort of from top to bottom from weeks one through 18. There isn't sort of a stretch that jumps out at you like, oh, man, this is going to be a tough stretch. Like last year, they had some of those stretches. Obviously, the two games out on the West Coast, the, the back-to-back at L.A., yeah. one of those on a short week. You could identify some stretches where, man, uh, this is going to be a tough road for them. Nothing like that jumps out at you right now. Now, obviously, look, strength of schedule and all that again, we're months away from football. We don't know what teams are going to look like once these games kick off, injuries and all that stuff is going to happen. But looking at it from the sort of 50,000-foot view, this is a schedule that I think they can do well in. They've obviously made some improvements. I know, look, the quarterback position is the big question mark. But you look at this roster, they've gotten better since last year, and I do think this is a schedule that sets up well for them. Three of four at home to start the season. How big a deal do you think that is? I think that's massive. I mean, we know historically speaking, Brady, that the Patriots have often got off to a tougher start. You know, sometimes Bill Belichick likes to use that sort of, you know, first three or four weeks as like an extension of preseason, an extension of training camp. But to have those games at home, particularly, you know, Miami at home, which is a game that we expect the Dolphins to be, you know, a much better team. They're on the cusp of the playoffs last year to get the saints at home. There'll be obviously some question marks about what the saints look like at the quarterback position for them. You know, those are two nice games to have at home. And then of course there's the bigger one in week four. I mean, I'm sure everybody yeah. listened to this or watching this or you yourself, Brady has seen, if you want to go to that game, you better start saving now yeah. uh, because <laughs> ticket prices are through the roof. But that one is a game that, when the schedule was announced, when it was leaked that Brady was coming in week four, when there's that potential that he could become the all-time NFL passing yardage leader in week four in Foxborough, that's going to be the game that everybody's pointed to. That's the game that every website, every news outlet said, oh, he's the best games coming up on the NFL schedule next year. And here's week four, Tom Brady coming back to Foxborough. But to get that game at home too, I think is nice for them. So, you know, three of the first four at home. Then you get, you know, Houston week five. That's a team that we expect to struggle. And so it does set up nicely where you can see them four and one to start this yep. season because their first, their first road games at the jets with a rookie quarterback. And we know what Belichick can do against rookie QBs. I think this, if you're looking for the murderers row stretch, it's probably weeks 10 to 13. It's Cleveland at home, Atlanta on a short week, Tennessee, and then Buffalo on the road on Monday night football. I think that's probably the stretch that's toughest, but you do get Tennessee and Cleveland at home again. Yeah. I mean, I do think that's sort of right, Brady. Like that's the schedule where you look at it and you say, man, we expect Cleveland to be really good. Um, They've certainly made some additions to that team. Then, like you said, Atlanta on a short week, Tennessee's coming off another playoff run. And we know what the bills are going to be able to do this year. They brought everybody back Monday night at Buffalo, you know what that environment's going to be like with 70,000 Bills fans 
on a Monday night atmosphere. And so that's probably, like you said, the toughest stretch. But then you get the bye at Indy on a Saturday and then Buffalo at home the day after Christmas. Like you at least get the late bye. And I like the late bye week. I know there are sort of different viewpoints on that, but I do like the late bye week because it sets you up, as Bill Belichick always says, you want to be playing your best football December into January. And that late bye week gives them a chance to sort of recharge, get healthy, and hopefully finish up for a, a, a stretch run into the playoffs. When you look at the Patriots' schedule, which quarterback lens do you look at it through? I'm Team Cam. I'm I'm dug in on liking Cam, so I look at it like you do. They're going to be four and one potentially. He's going to play at home a bunch and get a chance to cement the job and ingratiate himself to the home fans. Are you looking at it from a pro Cam perspective? Are you looking at the schedule? figuring out the holes where Mac Jones can be inserted. You know, it's tough because you look at the schedule and you think, okay, well, when could you put a rookie quarterback in? And you obviously, the first place your eyes go is to that bye week. And this is the one area where if you're in that Mac Jones should play sooner rather than later camp, this schedule doesn't set up well for that because, mm. you know, you get that late bye and it's like, well, you know, if there's a situation where the wheels have come off, and it's a lost season, then yeah, maybe you would put him in after that bye week. But other than that, it's hard to look at a point where, you know, maybe you were going to turn to, to Mac Jones sooner rather than later. Now, if you were going to do it earlier in the season, if you wanted to get him on the field, you know, maybe that game against the Jets end of October, October 24th, you know, that home game against a divisional opponent, you've already seen once. It's an opportunity to sort of get him up to speed because you won't have to do a ton of install from the team perspective. You could really focus on Mac that week. And then you get the two road games after that. You know, that might be a place to do it. But I'm sort of Brady where you are. Until he loses the job, I would expect Tam, Cam to get every shot at winning this job. So I do sort of view this as, okay, here's an opportunity for Cam to sort of get this season started, get a couple of wins under your belt. You know, we expect that week four game to be tough, but perhaps be in a 4-1 situation headed into the next stretch of games. You know, we're a very, very pro Phil Perry show. We love Phil Perry over at NBC Sports Boston. He's come on the show a couple of times. I haven't had a chance to listen yet, but we're, you were on, I believe, Phil's podcast, the Next Pats podcast very recently, and you said that you don't think Mac Jones is necessarily the quintessential fit for the Patriots. Am I reading that right? And when I listen, what am I going to be hearing? Yeah, it, it, the point, Brady, is when they drafted Jones at 15, there were a lot of people who immediately said, look, he's the, he's the perfect scheme fit for the New England Patriots and what they do on offense. And I think it's important to sort of differentiate between the scheme and the con conceptual aspect, the traits of a scheme fit, because from a trait-based perspective, you know the, the things that you study when you're evaluating a quarterback, accuracy, pocket movement, pocket awareness, decision-making. Yeah, I think he's a great scheme fit for what the Patriots want to do conceptually, what they want to do in the passing game. We all know that this is generally an offense that emphasizes yardage after the catch, that emphasizes quick decisions, that emphasizes accuracy. And those are certainly strengths of Mac Jones. So that part fits, but I want to sort of remind people that the offense he ran in Alabama is very different to the offense that we anticipate the Patriots running that offense at Alabama, very heavy on RPOs, very heavy off of play action throws downfield as, a, as opposed to the short of short and intermediate areas of the field. And so it's not a one-to-one -one X's and O's fit, but from evaluating Mac Jones as a quarterback and seeing the things that he does well, again, accuracy, decision-making, you know, timing and rhythm and things like that, that part of, it, part of it fits. And so the overall point is 
Josh McDaniels, when he's building this offense in anticipation of Mac Jones becoming this team's starting quarterback, there are probably going to have to be some tweaks to it, some parts of the playbook that are there. We know they've run them. And I found in an article I wrote over at USA Today examples of the Patriots running concepts that Jones is familiar with. The question is now how much more are they going to put that into the offense? And if they do, they're going to put Jones in a position to really be successful. And so ultimately, I think he will be that scheme fit. It's just the Alabama offense he was running and what we anticipate the Patriots offense to look like next season aren't exactly that one-to-one perfect mesh. I look at the Patriots, and I think I have my comps for them. Cleveland and Tennessee, run-based teams that – have some home run threats through play action. How important do you think play action is going to be for this team if they are going to live off the run? Critically important, almost essentially vital. I mean, use the adjective and plug it in because I I think Brady, the the Cleveland comparison is almost perfect. You know, you look at that Kevin Stefanski offense and reliance on play action, heavier personnel, two and three tight end packages. We know that's obviously what New England has. And then design shot plays downfield off of that where you might get a two tight end, a three tight end package, get everybody in the building expected run, and then you try to hit them over the top for a big play. You watch that Cleveland-Tennessee game where Cleveland put up like 40 points in the first half. That's a lot of what they were doing. And I do think that this is what the Patriots are building because both the film and the numbers bear this out. Play action is a cheat code. Like if you aren't running play action as much as you can as an offensive team, as an offensive coordinator, you are not helping your quarterback. And whether it's Cam, whether it's Mac, you need as Josh McDaniels to be running a ton of play action because it's you see it in stats. It boosts so many different quarterbacks there, yardage per attempt, completion percentage, you know, passing efficiency. Most quarterbacks are better when they're using play action. There are exceptions, but most are better. And I think that's a way to help both of these quarterbacks put them in positions where they can have an advantage. They can throw against base defenses out of heavier personnel and execute on some big plays downfield. So I think you're exactly right. Cleveland is a great comparison for this offense, and they absolutely have to be relying on play action next year. The only thing that makes me nervous about Cam, and like I said, I'm team Cam. The only thing that makes me nervous is the Pats run on first, run on second, end up in third and four, and now it's a passing situation, and that's the only pass that Cam gets in that sequence. I feel like if they're only going to pass it once, they might as well pass it on first down and give themselves a chance to come out of maybe an inaccurate pass from Cam. I don't want to see them run, run, pass, incompletion, three and out. Do you have yeah. that same worry? Absolutely. And I, I think anybody that has sort of watched Josh McDaniels over the years, like there are some times when it feels like the play Colin gets a little bit stuck in the mud and that sort of run, run, third and long, third and medium pass was certainly something we saw far too often last year. I do think that, you know, with this kind of offense, the ability to throw on off on first down off of play action would be an absolutely wise thing to do. Yeah. You know, I I think you should probably approach every first down situation as an opportunity to throw the football because that might get you a a second and short. It might get you another first and 10. Yeah, if you've got an incompletion, okay, you can look back at, you know, second and 10 situations. Maybe you throw it again. Maybe you run it, whatever you want to do. But I do like the idea of throwing more on first down. And I think that's something that Josh McDaniels would be wise to do, whether it's Cam, whether it's Mac throw it on first down, particularly out of these two and three tight end packages we anticipate them using, get them thinking run, get them in base defense situations and throw against base personnel. You know, I'm not a New Englander by birth, so I don't have the usual New England attitude on things. Like, I I think my expectations for the Pats are 10 and 7, 11 and 6, they make the playoffs, 
And with their style of offense, they maybe win a game. And I'm okay with that. Like, I don't need them to win the Super Bowl every single year. Are my expectations fair or am I underselling what this team should be doing? I think your expectations are reasonably fair. I mean, I, I do think looking at this schedule, you can see a 12-5 and five kind of season. You can see if it comes together, that kind of run, where maybe they make a run at the division. Maybe they win it. Maybe they fall just short. Uh, but you could expect them to perhaps win a playoff game or two. And look, you get into the playoffs, and who knows? Um, this, this is a league. Look, we saw you know, some teams make runs last year. We saw Tampa Bay win a bunch of road games to get to a Super Bowl. Like These things can happen. And so I do think the expectation should be that this is a team that gets into the playoffs. You look at the schedule. You look at the additions that they've made. This is a, a team and an organization that believes they can win now but they had the opportunity to address quarterback of the future with Mac Jones at 15. They think they could do both. And I do believe they think they accomplished those goals of getting ready to win right now and setting themselves up with the quarterback position with Mac Jones at 15 going forward. So I do think, you know, whether it's 10 and seven, 11 and six, 12 and five, like that's where we should be thinking. And we should be viewing this as a team built to win in the playoffs. I'll, uh, my last question here. I've kind of got it in my mind that this is Cam's last year in New England because he's either going to be bad and they're not going to want him or he's going to be good and he's going to price themselves price himself out of what they're doing. Do you think that that's fair on my part? That, Brady, that's exactly where I am on it. And that's why I do like the idea of drafting the quarterback at 15, whoever it was. You know, I was I was on the record before the draft that look, I like Justin Fields and I would have yeah. been excited if they could have gone to get Justin Fields, but they've got Mac Jones and there are reasons why Mac Jones will eventually be a good quarterback in the NFL and potentially a good quarterback in the system for the things we talked about. But I do think that if they do have a great season with Cam at the helm and they make it into the playoffs and maybe win a playoff game or two, maybe make a run to the AFC championship game, who knows? They're going to price themselves out of the Cam market because other teams will look at that and say, man, we, we could bring Cam in and they probably won't want to pay him what he would be worth on the open market. Yeah. Or look, if it goes badly and Matt Jones is starting by Halloween because the offense just couldn't get off the ground with Cam Newton, they're not going to run him back for a third year. They're going to turn the reins over to Matt Jones and then certainly give him next year as the incumbent starting quarterback. And so either way, I do think you're right. This is sort of the final ride for Cam in New England, whether it works and they make a deep run or whether it doesn't work and they turn to Matt Jones you know, by Halloween. Mark Schofield, Touchdown Wire, USA Today Group, Patriots expert, uh, a wealth of information and knowledge. Mark, we appreciate you. We'll definitely do it again. Absolutely, Brady. Thanks so much, man. Anytime.